Well, let's go through the uh, two games since our, our last talk here on, on Inside Southeastern Basketball. First was the Saturday contest against Houston Christian, a game that came down to the end, and it was Nick Caldwell who came through with, with the big shot with three seconds left. Uh, maybe a bit of a defensive breakdown by Houston Christian on the possession. They decided to run two guys with Roscoe who didn't have the ball and leave leave Nick wide open for three, and he just buries it calmly. Doesn't matter that the clock's running down on him. He's He calmly buries the three-pointer for the, for the winning shot. Right. No, that it is exactly what happened, you know, throughout that game. And that's an ex a perfect example of back to back games of. And that's why I gave the example of Nick sometimes can win you the game and lose you the game in the same night because of how impactful he is as a player and go through the Houston Christian game completely dominated the game in so many ways. But there was a lot of mental lapses late that he had. But then there's like four possessions in a row that you just see how great of a player he is. He gets the one more extra pass to Roger in the corner to hit three to, to extend our lead. He gets a huge defensive rebound. We come down. Roger shoots the three inch inches and gets the tip in. Then we come down. This is all consecutive. And then we come down the other end and takes a charge on the baseline against the kid. And then after that, we call timeout to set up an isolation play for him, which two people run with Roscoe and leave him open. It was an isolation play for him to get a one-on-one. -on -one. We didn't know it was going to be one-on-zero. But we told him to drive it and dunk it. And, of course, in Nick fashion, instead of driving it and getting to the rim, he shoots a three. But he swishes it. And that, and, and, and that's part of what makes him so good, too. Of I, I, I can't use it the word that I'd like to use, but part of what makes him so good, you know, Nick can be kind of a jerk sometimes. And that's what makes him good as well. It's, it's understanding um, when and how to do it. He had a couple of other big scores in that game against Houston Christian. Roger McFarlane went over 20 points. He had 21 and seven, along with a couple of assists. Roscoe Eastman, we haven't even talked about his performance. He he got the most assist of a Southeastern Lion since joining the Division One with 15 assists. It's the second most in program history, but the most ever since uh, Southeastern moved to Division One. Uh, we we can and we then we're gonna embellish more about him becoming a scorer when we talk about the Lamar game. But again, Roscoe Eastman just being that floor general for you with the 15 assists, it, he, did, he only got five points, but those 15 assists are, are, is what he does. No, Roscoe, and we say it every week, but I mean, it, it's like a broken record, but Roscoe, Roscoe's the floor general, you know, Roscoe, and it's, it's only a luxury when he's making shots. You know, we want to make sure that he's not hunting shots, right? But when he's making shots, it's fantastic. But Roscoe finds everybody. He's the ultimate quarterback, you know, his fifth year senior, um, extremely fast, extremely quick. If you're if you're a guy that can shoot or a guy that runs in transition, there's nobody that you want to play with more than him because he's going to find you. He hunts assists. He hunts assists. He finds guys and um, he just hits singles. You know, we talk about the 15 assists, but also three turnovers. And you know, I don't even know if I took him out. Maybe I did. I feel like when he's out for 30 seconds, he was out for nine. You know, for nine minutes. Um, when he's not in the game, you saw that against Lamar of how what the offense breaks down sometimes when he's not in, which, again, we as coaches have to be better. Um, but, you know, Roscoe is just such an impactful player for our team, and um, he's just gotten so much better. Um, he, he's our leader. You know, Roscoe Roscoe's the heartbeat of our team. He's our leader, vo 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 vocal leader, and just the way he plays and the effort that he plays with and the tenacity that he plays with that Roscoe, Roscoe uh, is Southeastern basketball. Yeah, sometimes when you see a player that – leads the team always has the ball in his hand you might see the turnovers be elevated a little bit but on a game when you have 15 assists and only three turnovers he really took care of the ball well got the team in a position to win and took care and it took care of itself when he, he got the the w against houston christian a, a much needed w right and like you said he he was the one nick makes the shot but roscoe makes sure that nick's got the ball in his hands at the end of the game to make that shot so then we move on to Monday's game against Lamar, and I know that's a tough one to kind of talk about. We talk about the the Sports Center top ten play that Nick had on the putback by after a McFarland missed three. Yeah. But you know Lamar calls timeout. They quickly get a good little run in and end up able to force overtime, and I just they they jumped out quick on you on in overtime. You fought back and got the game tied up with a, a, just over a minute left, but. They were able to close out, and a couple of shots y'all y'all took didn't go in. Just a an unfortunate ending, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, when you felt like you probably had when you, when you probably felt like you were in a good spot, especially after that Caldwell play. 
Yeah, I didn't feel like all night that we played well. You know, obviously you give credit to Lamar for them being a good basketball team. You know, that's one of the best Lamar basketball teams that's been there for a really long time. Um, Lamar's, you know, top team in the conference for a reason. Um, so, you know, you can't just say we played bad and, and there was no credit to them of why we played bad. But in the same instance, I think there was just a lot of plays that we made and a lot of things that we did that were uncharacteristic of our basketball team that – um, some of our guys know better and, 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 and they didn't do better in those moments. And if we want to be a championship basketball team, you got to make those plays in those moments. We've talked about conference play. It's going to come down to the last five minutes and who can execute in half court offensively and who can get stops in defense, you know, teams press teams, get up and down in transition. That's the flow of the basketball game. If you can withstand the runs of a basketball game, okay, you're coming down to the last four or five minutes of a basketball game in these things every single time. And how can you execute your plays late? Can you understand scatterboard late? Do you understand who the shooters are, who, who the drivers are, which way they're going? You know, whatever plays that we've put in, can you execute them late? Do you understand what they're doing? And can we guard them the way that we've taught? And I thought that we did a poor job. And ultimately, if we didn't execute those things late, that's on us as coaches. It's not that on them as players. They have to execute it late, but we got to make sure that they do it. So tomorrow, as much as I wish we we didn't have an off day, we have to. But tomorrow is going to be a long film day. You know, it's it's a big mental sweat day. It's not, you know, we're really late in the season. Look at those minutes in overtime game last night, 43 minutes, 43 minutes, 34 minutes, 39 minutes, 34 minutes. We don't need to do a lot of live work. We know what needs to be done. We have to do it. We want to win. We have to do it. And it's not, again, going back to the personal accolades, it's not about getting personal accolades. It's about winning basketball games. And I know Nick Cobb will be the first person to sit here and say he'd throw all that away for an NCAA tournament berth. And if you want to go to the NCAA tournament, you want to be a championship-level team, you have to win games like that. And I would say, you know, hats off to them. And we just, you know, we lost. But we're a better basketball team than we played, than, than we um, we're ourselves last night. We're better than we played last night. And, and you kind of said, but we do want to give credit to what Alvin Brooks has done oh, at Lamar because yes, they were no picked, discredit to them. Alvin Brooks they, they were, they were about three years ago. They won two basketball games to what he's done, turned that program into. Um, they, they led the conference in retention. They had nine returners. So that just shows you the type of culture they're building around there and to completely double their win totals. I um, mean, the guy was the head coach at Houston. He was, he's coached in a final four. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He played at Lamar that, you know, he he's, it's not, you know, Alvin Brooks is a really good basketball coach. That's a really good basketball team. Um, I was more so frustrated in how we guarded certain things and how we rebounded the ball late. When I have a group of fifth year seniors on the floor, they, we got to make plays like that. And it's on us as a staff and, and our leaders on that floor. Well, we're going to go ahead and take another break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about kind of the ramifications of the six-game win streak we had and, and the end of it last night, and then preview this week's single game, only one game this week, uh, against UNO. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Diane from Michigan, a disabled senior citizen trying to get by. Henry from Florida, a veteran fighting to make ends meet. Elena from Arizona, a mother struggling to feed her daughter. Hi, I'm Connie Britton, and I support Feeding America because they help provide over six billion meals to people in need each year, like Diane, Henry, and Elena. Learn more at feedingamerica.org. Feeding America, 200 food banks strong. Crescent Bar, a proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network, has served Hammond and the surrounding areas since 1938. The Crescent Bar offers an assortment of beers, wines, and liquors, and features pool tables. The Crescent Bar is located in downtown Hammond at 110 West Thomas Street. The telephone number is area code 985-345-7636. The Crescent Bar, another proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma, not at birth. Three million Americans have glaucoma and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. 
Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. Southeastern basketball with head coach David Kiefer. Coach, uh, talk kind of talked about it at the in the last segment. What the what this uh, getting back from it. First off, you, you the rough start to conference, a one and four start, but then you won. Then you went on that stretch of seven out of eight wins that got you back into it. Now you're solidly in the position. As we look at the conference standings right now, solidly in position. You're right on the edge of officially clinching your spot in Lake Charles in the conference tournament. I know that's not your goal. Your goal is always one of the top four seeds. You've worked yourself into a position where after last night, now you're one and a half games back uh, out of not just a bye, but a potential double bye. Uh, as we look at the conference standings, McNeese at 12 and one. Then you have a whole quagmire of teams, Corpus Christi, Lamar and Nichols, all nine and four. And then you're eight and six. As I said, a game and a half back of all those teams. Uh, just talk about you know, obviously the that tough loss last night kind of hurts because now you need to have a better record than Lamar to jump over them. But you still have a lot ahead of you because you still have another game against both Nichols and Corpus. So just talk about as you see as you're looking at these conference standings, your your thoughts on those. Yeah, not just you know, not not trying to get caught up in in the coaches' cliches and all that stuff, but really like. We're worried about UNO. You know, we got UNO Saturday, and I don't care what their record is and where they're sitting at right now because UNO and us is a rivalry, you know, and every time we play them, it's it's a battle. Um, Coach Schlesinger's been there for a really long time. He's coached some championships. He's won championships. He's been to the NCAA tournament. He's going to have his team juiced up. Um, so I'm not really worried about Corpus and Lamar and Nichols. And, and I know one thing. We played Lamar, and they swept us, and I wish we could um, take those games back, but you can't. And we can't sit here and worry about what they're doing or anything like that. So we know we have to have a better record than them. We know McNeese has won this thing outright. They're 12 and one. Um, but we have Corpus and Nichols ahead of in the schedule. But at the end of the day, we have UNO next and we got a film session where we, ha we have to go back and look and correct stuff that we saw last night. And if that doesn't get fixed, then it doesn't matter what place we get in. We're not, go we're not winning a championship. So we have to fix the things that um, we went through the last couple of games, um, even in Houston Christian, you know, we, we, we win that game, but, um, again, not discrediting them, but we're not, it shouldn't have came down to a last second shot. Um, so I think, I think we just need, you know, we, we got to tighten things up and, um, we got to get better. Well, you we talk about, uh, the upcoming opponent, the UNO privateers, you went to UNO that to start conference play back all the way on January 6th came out of the UNO Lakefront Arena with a 73 uh, with a 7368 win as we pull up that as I my mouse is deciding to go wild for a second you know you you got 19 from Roberry who really felt who really came alive in, in that game had probably his best game of the year McFarland with 16 and 10 in that contest and then it really again came down to the end where a play where the ball got into the paint and then a UNO defender, I think, jumped over Nick, Nick Caldwell, and then allowed Caldwell to get up and lay in a pretty yeah. big big bucket with under a minute remaining. Yeah, you know, that that was a game. Looking at these stats, it seems like it was forever ago, right? But right. Uh, Nick only had six points, um, six points and five rebounds, played 35 minutes. But he, he, he in that game, he did, he, he did hit, a, uh, hit a huge shot. But I think if you go back to that game, too, um, Nick Nick did a lot of things defensively that didn't get shown up in the stat sheet to help us win that basketball game. Um, but that was a huge shot, I remember. And, and you know, old Patton, and Nick's, and Nick's tough to guard because when he gets in the mid-range, he's got a great fadeaway, but he's got a great up and under. He can go left hand, right hand, and he's, he's really um, developed that old man craftiness to his game. And then you, you, you've seen the development of the teams as season goes goes on. Jordan Johnson didn't start for UNO in that game, but came off the bench and supplied them 16 points. Caleb Wilson-Rouse also came off the bench for 17 points. And going back to Johnson, I mean, he had a 40-point game where where they came up and took a win over Corpus Christi that followed uh, after after y'all went there. So you, I'm sure you know what he can do and what that team can can do. Yeah, we 
you know, ultimately that was the team that ended our season last year. So they're they're and and it's a rival, and they're right down the road. So um, regardless of where they're sitting at, you know, we see each other, and you know, in in any way, they're 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 on the schedule next. So um, you know, recently, obviously, they're they're sitting at the bottom right now. But I know Jordan Johnson's had some knee injuries. He's missed games. Jamon Vincent's missed games. Like those are two of their best players that have not played in games and have had injuries. So I promise you, by Saturday. They're, Mr. Miyagi's coming through. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out. Every single time there's a guy. It's happened five times I think this year. Coach Ron and I were talking about. There's guys that have missed like nine games in a row, and all of a sudden they're back for us. We won't even have them in the scouting report, and the guy will be out there. There was a guy. I'm gonna say this. He had like a seizure. We could have. They said he was done for the season. Next game the first us. He's in warmups, windmill, and Duncan. Like didn't even have him on the scouting report. They, everybody said he's done for the year. So it's happened a lot. So we're preparing as if all those guys are gonna play. Um, and, and, you know, if they all do that's and they're juiced up, like that's a good basketball team. And just going back to Houston Christian, you know, to kind of connect these together, Houston Christian, before we played them. And I told everybody this cause McNeese destroyed them. Right. But there was a, a, a high, like a straight two minute highlight of McNeese dunking on them and basically embarrassing Houston Christian. And Coach Contra has been there for a long time, and you knew they were going to be juiced up when they came to our arena. Coach Contra was a fantastic coach. His team had a chip on their shoulder, and they came here and showed that. They're not as bad as they played against McNeese, and they got embarrassed, and they came out and tried to take it on us. And we were able to hopefully, you know, withstand that. And it, it should have been, again, not as close as what. But, again, UNO, same thing. These guys, it's a week from now. These guys are battling for their life to play in the conference tournament. We're their rival. They don't like us. Um, Coach Slesher and I have a great relationship, but our our teams don't like each other, and when we play each other, you know, regardless of records, throw those out the window. It's it's going to be a dogfight, and our guys got to prepare be prepared for that. Has anything stood out in the scout of of them as, as you've been preparing for? Well, why don't you call their SID and figure <laughs> out if Jamon Vincent and Jordan Johnson are playing? Help me out a little bit. I don't know. We're gonna prepare as if all those dudes are playing. And Coach Lesnar has been there for 13 years. He hasn't changed his offense. He ain't changing it now. And jo if Jordan Johnson plays, that guy's going to take 20 shots from all over the place. And the other guys are all going to chase his rebounds and they're going to throw it inside. They're the same team they always are. Um, they're going to be really aggressive in the passing lanes, try to, you know, get steals and run out and transition. you got to make sure you play him half court and don't let a big boy get the ball inside. And you got to don't let Jordan Johnson get anything easy. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot more to it than that. But, um we just got to be the best Southeastern team that we can be. If we're the best Southeastern team we can be, we've already proven that we can beat anybody and we can lose to anybody. We've lost to the last place team in commerce, and we're the only team that beat McNeese in the conference, and we almost beat them twice. We, we, we're capable of anything. We have to be consistent in everyday players, everyday, every, every play guys. Well, that's a quick look at uh, UNO, and we're going to let you step aside for a minute because we have a special guest coming up in our next segment it's going to be the head coach of the Lady Lions basketball team, Ayla Gazzardo. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with Coach Ayla. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. I'm a college athlete, but you don't know where I was born, if I was raised in the city or suburbs. You don't know the color of my skin, whether I'm big or small, who I love, or if I'm rich, poor, or somewhere in the middle. But the good news is, it doesn't matter. Because as a college athlete, the only thing that does matter is that I have the skill and the drive to succeed in school and sports. Visit ncaa.org opportunity to learn more. Menino's Pharmacy is a full-service retail pharmacy with specialties in compounding, IV therapy, hospice, and nursing home services. Menino's is a joint commission accredited pharmacy that offers personalized specialty medications and compounds, as well as medication synchronization and a variety of packaging options. Menino's Pharmacy accepts private insurance, Medicaid, and Medicare, and is located at 113 West Charles Street, Hammond, Louisiana, area code 70401. And we're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. 
It's no contest. Every day, people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. And we are back with Inside Southeastern Basketball, now joined by the head coach of the Lady Lions basketball team, Ayla Gazzardo. Coach Gazzardo, thank you for joining us here this evening. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Obviously, out to a, a great start to the this year. The your defending conference champs, and you're showing why. Uh, Twelve and two right now, sitting in second place, just a half game out of of first in the standings, and you know, just a, a good start. What you probably what you've expected to out of your team, a, a very experienced team coming in, a lot of uh, returners, and and it's showing out for for you guys as well in the results. Yeah, um, you know that that twelve and two really hurts. You know, we dropped those two games of Lamar. Um, you know, they've got both of our losses right now. So with them sitting above us, it, it, it kind of stings a little bit. But, you know, we're still at the top of the league. Um, we still have a few basketball games left. And, you know, they could drop one easily. We could win out and, and get that number one spot back. But still a few basketball games left to play. Well, Lamar's one loss on the year to Texas A&M Commerce. They have to go back to Commerce still ahead of them. So that might be one you look at uh, while you're sitting while you're sitting at home trying to take care of your own business, of course. But you, because you have a, a tough slate ahead of you in the, in these last four, as you try to secure yourself, not just a, a single buy in Lake Charles. You've you've already got your spot locked in. You're definitely going to Lake Charles, but you want that double buy to enhance your position as best as possible. Oh yeah, you think about it. You want to win three games. You want to four games or just two. I want to win just two games. Um, with injuries that could happen, you know, we've got a lot of older players. Haley Giratano's, you know, been and hips been bothering a little bit. We've got some ankle injuries that we've been kind of babying a little bit here and there. But two wins is a lot easier than you know four wins if we had to just play all four games. But um, we're ready. You know, we've we've been to Lake Charles. We've been through it. We've been through the the tough. We've had a lot of close games this year. Three overtimes. Overtime a few times here. Um, but we know with this team, they know how to fight and they know how to come back. Coming off of a 60-40 uh, a to 40 home win over Houston Christian in your last contest. And, of course, you'll be leading off the day on Saturday against UNO. Uh, let's just talk about kind of your season in general up to this point. Obviously, it kind of runs through Jen Pierre being the the quick, fast. She, she's fast and quick she can get up to speed really fast and she can run forever it seems like yeah she doesn't get tired i had an official last game ask me to tell her to slow down and i was like well i don't think i'm ever going to tell her that but no she's fun she's fun to watch she's dynamic uh she weighs in solid 98 pounds i might be even giving her some um but she's a dynamic player and like you said she's not just fast she's quick you know she's she's agile she can jump out the gym she jumps higher than my six four so i mean she's she's a definitely a, a local fun player to watch and to make kind of a, a comparison that maybe some of the local basketball fans who, who don't watch you might be able to realize can also be kind of like that jose alvarado type where oh, yeah. he gets lost and then all of a sudden you've lost the ball because mm -hmm. now she's running down the court the other way with it oh yeah she knows if she turns the ball over she better get back because she's probably going to come out. Um, she's one of those players that she she just comes up with it here and there. Um, she takes a lot of charges, but I mean, you push your arm into her, she's going to fly. So it's not a flop. She's legit taking a charge. Um, but she's that dynamic player on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. And then you you brought up Haley Gerentano, uh, kind of that consistent force. You you always kind of know what you can get from her night in and night out. Uh, you always need one of those that you can always rely on, and she seems to be it for, for the Lady Lions. Oh, yeah, that's Haley. Um, I don't think we would be as successful as we are as a basketball program without her. Um, you know, her name is Haley Clutch Derrickana because she just hits those big-time shots. At the end of a game, if you watched any of our or that triple overtime win versus Lamar, the ball went to her almost every possession, and it's going to keep going to her. There's no, no surprise. Scouting report knows the ball is going to her at the end of a game. And then you get some other scoring help from uh, Taylor Bell right now, averaging 10 a game. Haley Gerentano leading away at 12.2. But Taylor Bell, just talk about what she's brought to, to your team uh, for this year. Yeah, she's tough to guard. Um, you know, she's she's able to put the ball on the deck a little bit, from the, especially from the high post area. Um, but she's a big girl. Her body size, just her mass is massive. Um, she's tough to guard. And defensively, she's taken much better angles. I've got to get her a little bit smarter. Um, she's had some bad fouls here lately. That's putting her on the bench, um, and her conditioning isn't isn't to to where we really want it. But 
Uh, if you know from anything from last year, you know, she's the one who helped us win that Lamar game in the championship just because she's just a mismatch problem on the offensive end. And then Cheyenne Daniels uh, averaging 9.1 for you and 5.3 uh, rebounds, currently leading the team in, in boards, uh, kind of solidifying that paint area for you. Yeah, 6'4 doesn't come around often, especially in the women's game. Um, David might have a few on his team, but, you know, 6'4 in the women's game is not not normal. Uh, so for us in our our conference, our league, 6'4 is, is a big target inside. Um, I wish she was a little bit more aggressive. I wish she had a little bit of Jen Pierre's aggression to her. Um, but we know what we're going to get from her night in and out. She's she's able to draw a lot of attention. Um, she's becoming a better passer from the inside because people are doubling her a little bit more. Um, and then she's helping get Haley open and she's helping getting Jen open. So her presence on the court is definitely unmatched. And now we, as we kind of look back at at the last contest you had, as I try to get this, <laughs> it's just kind of working with me. But your your 20 point win against Houston Christian on on sat on Monday or uh, yeah Saturday I'm sorry the way they've scheduled things this year for with the men with the men on Monday's got me kind of thrown off. Mm-hmm. But they uh, technology can can work against you so much. But now we finally get it up uh, the win against uh, the 60 40 win over Houston Christian led by Kennedy Paul coming off the bench with 22 it just a Seems like a, a big uh, contribution from from the extra from the extras. Yeah, um, our bench played a really big part. If you were at that game, you noticed that we subbed our entire five out, our starting five, quick. Um, I didn't like the way the pace started. I didn't like the way that we were starting off the game. Uh, I didn't think we had enough bite about us. And then the bench really came in and stepped up in that scoring role and those defensive stops. Um, you know, Elijah Washington has been coming off the bench and playing really well. If you'll notice, she's at the end of our games almost every game. Um, the most crucial points. She's gotten a lot of extra possessions, offensive rebounds. She makes her free throws at the end. Um, Kennedy Paul is an absolute knockdown scorer. She's she's fun to watch. Um, she's also a mismatch problem because she's a big, but she can score from the outside. And and bring those bigs out, having a guard her, you know is going to have a tough time with her on Saturday. Well, you talked about it last time. You all went to UNO, a 57-44 winner. Uh, just talk about what you've seen now from the privateers and, and what we can expect, uh, what you think we'll see from Saturday uh, in that contest. Yeah, they just had a tough loss versus Lamar. Um, they brought them down to the wire. Uh, they're playing well. They have a few players that have been injured this past season, but on top of that, they're they're, um, they're an in-state rival. Let's be realistic. It's it's tough to play at UNO. We had a really good show in there. Um, slow start that we always have, but still a good showing. Um it's tough to play there. Hopefully when we come back, we can, you know, have a better start and play for four quarters. Cause I don't think that's one thing that we've done yet this year is play a solid four quarters. Um, you know, we, we lack the second or the third or even the, you know, start slow in the first. So we need four solid quarters for these remaining four games. And really it was the fourth quarter in that meeting at UNO that was, that determined it. You actually went into the quarter trailing by one and held them to just two points, the entire fourth quarter, uh, Really a, a good defensive showing in those final 10 minutes. Yeah. And if you know anything about us with our program, we're defensive minded. It just is what it is. We score off of our stops and off of our turn, our forced turnovers. Um, you know, we've been taking care of the ball a little bit better recently. But, you know, defensively, that's where we stand apart from a lot of our conference. Gerontano had 11 in that win at UNO. Ariana Patton came off the bench with 12 points and then also off the bench Kennedy Paul had nine points and nine rebounds in that win at UNO so just talk about their contributions in in that particular game as we try to remember back all the way to early January it's been uh, it's been a while since since both teams saw the the privateers yeah we played a lot of basketball games since we played them last um I was watching film today on them and you know just of the game that we played last time and it seems like we're a completely new team where our offense is slow and better you know, defensively, we're a little bit more locked in. Some people are playing better. Um, that was Ariana Patton's first really good game that she's had. And, you know, since then, we've put her in the starting lineup, and she's really given us a spark, you know, just off the tip. Uh, she's a quick guard that can shoot the ball. She's gotten much better running the point guard position when Jen Pierre comes out. Um, but, you know, defensively, I think we're a little bit better than we were when we played there last time. But now as you're looking ahead to the – back end of your of your schedule i know your focus is 
solely on UNO and making sure you come out of that with with that win on Saturday. But as we look ahead, you got you go to Incarnate Word, which was a triple overtime classic in the Pride Roofing University Center a few weeks ago that y'all were able to pull out. Then you go to Corpus, again, one of the top teams who's fighting for one of those buys. And then you round things out against Nichols. Just kind of talk about the that this upcoming schedule and how how you're looking to close uh, the this season and prepare for the trip to Lake Charles for the conference tournament and defend your crown. It's going to be tough. Uh, those are four tough games for um, two home, two away in the two home games are versus in-state rivals. You know, the closest two teams to us, um, new Orleans is going to give us their best punch and Nichols is going to try to finish out the year. Um, you know, they're fighting for, you know, positioning in the conference tournament. They've made it in. They're just fighting for those seeds. Um, and then you go to incarnate word and Corpus. Those are two tough road trips. And we know um, since I've been here, knock on wood, I don't, I've, I haven't won at Incarnate Word yet since I've been here. It's a tough place to play. I'm hoping this year we we change that around. Um, we always play them tough. We always play them close, but we got to be able to go over that hump. And then Corpus Christi is going to give us their best punch. Um, we we won there last year, and that was that first time winning there. Uh, hopefully, we can stay on that streak. But they're they're a tough team, and like you said, they're playing for positioning too. They're trying to get in those top spots. So. Anything that we can do to get these last four wins, we need to reach in our bag and go grab them. I see we have uh, this Saturday marked as the senior day for for your team. Uh, so I'm going to hand the floor over to you and, and let you talk about the seniors who you're going to be honoring this oh. uh, this Saturday. I, I'm sure you would like to heap a bunch of praise onto onto the those girls. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I don't, I don't want them to go. You know, Haley's been here for five years, and unfortunately, this is her senior night. Um, what she's done for this program, uh, like I say all the time, it goes unmatched. Um, just the character type of person that she is um, on the basketball court, off the court, she's just been phenomenal for us. You know, and we've heard her and Deja Harvey for five years. They've really set the bar and set the standard here at Southeastern and, and turned our program into a winning program. Um, we got Kennedy Paul uh, just for one year. You know, she had a 22-point game, which she's been capable. She came to us because she says she wanted to win. Uh, we recruited her out of high school, didn't get her out of high school. She went to Prairie View and then decided to finish up her, her last year of playing here. So she wants to win, and we want to make sure she goes out with a bang with a championship. And then you have Dijanae uh, Flowers, who actually is a transfer from Lamar. Like, like Kennedy, you know, we should have had her out of high school. We respected her decision. Um, she made the wrong one. I'm determined. She knows she made the wrong run now um, and has finished off. She's a great kid, great family, and she's done a lot for our program also. So we're going to have four seniors that we're really going to truly miss. Um, but we want to celebrate and let them go out with a bang this year. And I don't think there would be a better way to enjoy their senior day than get a win over a, over a rival program like, like UNO. But as we look back at we're going to look at the women, like the women's standings right now in the conference. Uh, we talked about, we already talked about Lamar. I know you got the game upcoming against Corpus. They're sitting, uh, if my math is right, about two and a half games back behind you for the, for the, the second double buy, which is such a, a key part of all this. Like you said, you'd rather win two games in two days instead of four games in four days, or if you get a single buy, three games in three days. Uh, you know you're going to get a, a tough fight there. And then UIW, we talked about that. That's one weekend. You're going to see them twice in a matter of three days. You're going to see those two teams within twice or three days. UIW's fighting. They're at eight and five in a pretty solid spot for one of the for a, a single buy. Got some work to try and get up there for them. And then you get UNO at seven and seven. Nichols at six and seven. A&M Commerce at six and eight. Northwestern State at five and nine. So they're rounding out the teams that would have to do the four and four. And then HCU and McNeese, uh, I don't want to say their season is over, but one and 12 and 0 and 13, uh, they're all but almost all but eliminated. So you probably know the eight who are going to be in Lake Charles. It's just the positioning now. And right now you, you have to like your spot uh, trying to secure that double buy for the two and two and, be able to watch some basketball for a exactly. couple of days. Yeah, like I said, anytime that we can go up there, you know, relax a little bit on that Monday and Tuesday, watch some basketball, see who we're playing, live scout them, um, it is beneficial for us. You know, it, it it really helped us last year only having to win those two games. Um, I think for a lot of teams who are young or have never been there before, they almost want to play those three and get one under their belt before they hit that semis. But for us, you know, we've been there before. We know how to prepare. We know our schedule, our time. So, 
for us, it'll be beneficial if we get that one and two spot. And, you know, Corpus is creeping up on us pretty close. And then, you know, from four to four to eight, it's, it's a race to see whoever we're playing, uh, who's on our side of the bracket, who's on Lamar's side of the bracket. But, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting these next door games. Is there anybody you consider a dark horse as you heading toward uh, Lake Charles about who could surprise and, and maybe pull an upset or two out of it? I'm telling you, Nichols has been playing well. I don't want him to play well versus us, but they've been playing well. Um, they've been getting everybody in some close games. New Orleans is the same way. They've been playing everybody tough. Um, it's just at the end of the season, everybody's really trying to just fight for those spots, so they're throwing everything they have at you. Um, I'm hoping they throw everything now, and then they won't have anything left in that tournament, but it's going to be a fun four games these next these last few weeks um, upcoming for Lake Charles. So let's kind of go back a little bit. And since this is the only first time we've had to, to talk with you, um, we go back into in the non-conference because I wanted to see about these a number of games that kind of stood out that you put on the schedule to really test your girls early to set them up for success in conference. I'm talking about the home game against LSU, going to Kansas to take on the Jayhawks, going out to making the long trip out to Hawaii. It was tough. It was a tough trip. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you enjoyed the some sun and uh, sun and surf in the middle of December. But just talk about it, like with those contests and scheduling those big ones, and, and like the LSU and Kansas, and and that long trip and and taking them out to that trip to Hawaii as a whole, just as some, uh, I guess a team bonding experience in the middle of in the middle of your season. Yeah. Um, the LSU game is huge. We played LSU last year, um, very close, you know, at their, at their place. So talked to coach Mulkey and, and got her finally to agree to come back home. So great crowd sold out the place, 7,500, um, especially for, you know, a women's game on, on a weekday night, um, you would think it would be a lot of LSU fans, but when we walked out, it was a sea of green and gold. And, you know, being from this area, you wouldn't be more proud than that. It was just whoever loved basketball was just coming out and supporting. Um, and then we went up to Kansas and played Wichita State in Kansas. You know, with the Wichita State win was huge. We beat them by a good hefty margin. And then we played Kansas very well. Um, we wanted that Power 5 win versus them. You know, we couldn't pull it out. I think our legs were shot from that Wichita State game. Um, and then we made that tough trip out there to Maui. Uh, long trip, but like you said, it was team bonding, and we've been working on that trip for a while. We haven't done anything nice resort-wise since I've been here, so we really, you know, think our team deserved it and wanted to send, you know, our seniors out on a good on a good note with a great trip. Um, got a lot closer as a team. I think our team truly turned around after that Tulsa game. Um, you know, we we played a great team. Tulsa's doing really well right now in the American League. Um, Oregon State's doing phenomenal. I think they're ranked top 10 right now. Uh, they just had a big win a few weeks ago. Um, but after that Tulsa game, our team got closer. They bonded a lot better. And if you look on the rest of the conference, you know, schedule, we started conference right after that. It was a lot of wins until we hit Lamar. So, you know, we played well um, and a lot of close wins. We With this team, we've learned we know how to fight. We know how to kind of get those clutch wins, those big-time plays. Uh, I just need us to make those big-time plays earlier in the game, you know, so we're not in those situations. One of the early conference schedules uh, that that stood out to me was uh, the game at McNeese. You you kind of didn't have I don't think the game you wanted out of that game, but you fought back. You had a big rally at the end. To, I believe you were down 12 with like five minutes to go. Rallied back to force overtime and then just kept the momentum going and pulled away in the overtime period for a double-digit win. Uh, yeah, McNeese is looking for their first win. Uh, anytime you play teams at the bottom of the league, you, you everybody assumes it's just an automatic win. It's not. And, you know, those are teams that usually surprise you the most. Um, you know, we took Houston Christian to the same thing. Um, we beat them really, literally at the end of the game with free throws. That's the only reason we won that game. Um, but, you know, McNeese gave us a nice run, but they tested us. We had a lot of games that were very close this whole year. And it's been fun. It's exhausting at times, you know, I, I feel for all of our fans. I know their hearts are very good now that we've tested them out. Um, hopefully we can continue like the Houston Christian game and get like a 20-point win, 15-point win, but a win's a win in our book. Yeah, you, both you and the guys have been testing out the yeah. Lion fans' uh, blood pressure for the last last few weeks. And then uh, we talked about the UIW, the game that went to triple overtime, just 
How would, what are the emotions when you're going when you're through one overtime period and you're going into a second and it's still you know very tight and, it, and then all of a sudden you're looking at a third? It's exhausting. Like if 55 minutes of basketball, you know, and that was at the point where Haley was a little struggling with her um you know her hip and she got hit in the chest and you know I was telling her you're not gonna have to play long, you're not gonna have to play long and I'm thinking I took her out for three minutes. She was only gonna play 37 minutes. She poor thing ended up playing 52 minutes. Um. It was exhausting. You After every overtime, you know, we weren't up at the beginning, so we were trying to just hold on, hold on, hold on, and then we started pulling away at the last one. But three that's the first time I've ever done three overtimes. Two overtimes I've had, but three overtimes was eventful. And Incarnate Word's a tough group. Um, he's a great coach. He's going to put them in the right positions. He's going to give everything he's got. He's going to scout us to the end. But that was a very emotional, exhausting game. And as I look back through the through that game, uh, Nina, the Leon Negron, named the conference player of the week for last mm-hmm. week. And she was, I believe she was a, a big foul out late in that contest that really kind of helped the, her presence, her absence uh, kind of made things a little bit easier for, for you guys and helped pull away in that win. So just uh, let's talk about like what that meant and what, because uh, that's going to be one of your upcoming opponents, uh, what that uh, what her play meant. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm going to be honest, she played, I'll give her a lot of credit. She played most of the game with three and four fouls. Um, unfortunately, you play an extra 15 minutes, you probably are going to get, especially the type of player she is, very similar to Jen, dynamic player. Um, but she plays with a lot of aggression. So eventually she was going to foul out because we were going at her. Um, that's going to be our next step when we play them again, try to get her in foul trouble. Uh, try to put her in some mismatch situations. We know they switch one through four, so if we can get her and uh, try to match up with Taylor Bell, you know we're going to go at her every single time we can. But it's been a, a fun ride so far for the Lady Lions, and still got four more regular season games to go. Hopefully, to see you uh, secure that double bye, and we'll wait to see you in the semifinals of in Lake Charles. Exactly. Look, men's and women's basketball is doing well. You know, volleyball is doing well. Everybody in the, in the university center has been successful here. We want to keep it going. Um, our biggest thing, and I know Coach Kiefer's the same way, is just we just want support. Uh, come out to our, our games, support us. Saturday is free, so there's no reason that you should not be there. Um, everybody can attend, no cost. It's on us, but we just want people in seats. So that's probably our biggest thing right now with both of our us and our men's program is just support. Saturday, both games can be heard right here on 90.9 FM, The Lion, and the sports and the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Women at 1, men at 3.30. And as Coach Gazzardo just pointed out, it is free admission. We hope to see all students and all of Hammond America there Saturday against the UNO Privateers. Again, women at 1, men at 3.30. Coach Gazzardo, thank you so much for joining us here this evening on Inside Southeastern Basketball and wish you continued success throughout the rest of the regular season and into the postseason. Thank you very much. And we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll get Coach Keeper back in and wrap things up. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiris is a proud location sponsor of the David Kiefer Radio Show and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiris has been serving the Hammond area since 1984. Located at 14384 West Thomas Street in Hammond, Rainbow Daiquiris offers a variety of daiquiris and beer, plus pool tables. With late hours, Rainbow Daiquiris is proud to support Lion Athletics and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the facilities to meet my health and nutritional needs in order for me to be the best student athlete I can be. For making game day experiences go from ordinary to extraordinary. For allowing me to meet new people and build lifelong friendships while competing at the school I love. For giving me the resources to pursue my degree and the ability to excel in the classroom. For helping me look my best as I compete and achieve my goals. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Lion Nation, for your support. You help make a difference in the daily lives of more than 300 student-athletes wearing Southeastern green and gold. We couldn't do it without you. Your favorite coaches club is available through the Lion Athletics Association by phone at area code 985-549-5091. Also available online at www.lionup.com. For everything about Southeastern Athletics, including schedules, live game coverage, and stats, visit lionsports.net. Rainbow Daiquiris, as we are 
Starting to wrap things up here on Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer, the guys behind the bar, sending out daiquiris on two-for-one night. Come out and get you a couple of daiquiris. Unfortunately, they, uh, King Cake is, is, long, is now gone since we are out of carnival season. But, Coach, it's for you, it's, a, it's about the end, getting the end of this season and finishing strong as you want to clinch your best position in Lake Charles. As, but first, before we get to that, let, I'm sure you have some uh, – some words for Coach Gazzardo and the success that she's been having with yeah, the Yeah, first lady off, players. I was going to say, before we get to that, just coming in kind of around the same time, I think or maybe one year before her, both of us as assistant coaches and, you know, both of us kind of getting put into a position that, you know, is really like we were both really young. She even younger than I was and just both of us probably be the first one to admit not ready yet, but kind of just have learned on the job and to watch how much she's grown and how she what she's built that program into and taking it to heights that it's never been and knowing what type of like just good person that she is and it's really cool it's really cool to see it and they're they're they are unstoppable force right now and you don't see it slowing down either and um I'm re- it's really exciting watching them play and especially coach Gazzardo herself being a local product oh yeah it, it always means more when the people in charge are just as local as some of the players in the community. No doubt. No doubt. It means so much to me. But for you, uh, you got the same four games ahead of you, UNO, UIW, on the road for UIW and Corpus, and then the final game at home, Nichols. Uh, I know you're you're focused solely on, on UNO, but a lot of work ahead of you as you try to get your final positioning uh, better as you try and get your heading into yeah, the yeah. No, this is this the final stretch. We talked about it last week in the radio show. You want to be playing your best basketball in February and March, especially late February. Um, obviously, winning six games in a row was huge, but last night was a big loss, and you know, and and we needed to win that game. But again, <clears throat> I say this every week: our highs can't be too high, and our lows can't be too low. With last radio show, I said highs can't be too high. We won six in a row. Okay, everybody, calm down. We we the job's not done. We got to keep working. Um, we lose last night. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the season. Does that hurt us? Yes, but we can't, you know, pout and be woe is me. We got to have a really good film session and practice tomorrow. All our focus and energy has got to be on UNO. It's not going to be the coach's cliche, but it, it is. That's what it is. You can't worry about Corpus. You can't worry about Nichols or you'll lose to UNO. UNO is very capable of doing that. And um, we, we, we got to have our best practice of the year Wednesday. We got to be humble. We got to hold ourselves accountable when we watch the film. I'm going to hold myself accountable. The coaches do when we make mistakes because we make plenty of mistakes during the basketball game. And we'll be the first one to point out, ah, we'll live with that because that's what we told you to do. But we all got to be on the same page when we go to the court. And it's in that film room, we can discuss whatever we're doing. When we leave that film room, we're all on the same page, and this is how we're doing it to get it done. And and if we tell you wrong directions, okay, we'll own that. But you know, I feel really confident with the staff that we have. We're not putting them in the in wrong spots. We've watched a lot of film. We put a lot of time into this. We have a pretty good idea of what we're doing. If we follow instructions, do what we're supposed to do, we have a really good chance to win. So we got to just make sure that we're all on the same page and doing what we have to do with, and what it takes to win. And as I said, uh, Saturday's game one and three thirty. And as Coach Gazzardo pointed out, admission is free thanks to the Athletic department. So all of uh, all of him, you get two basketball games for the price of zero dollars. That's going to be a a fun afternoon of basketball, especially when you talk about the rivalry of two teams that are separated by about a 45 minute drive on on I-55. Just a a fun should be a fun afternoon. And we hope to see a lot a a full Pride Roofing University Center for the game against UNO. But coach, any closing last thoughts as we start to wrap things up here this time? No, just um, I think you covered it. Just big game for us Saturday for both Coach us, uh, Coach Ayla and us. And, you know, again, we want to be playing our best basketball right now. We got a rivalry coming in. Doesn't matter where UNO sits, bottom, first, last, middle of the pack. This is a rivalry basketball game. They've had injuries. They'll, again, Mr. Miyagi is going to be their trainer. They're going to have them all back for our game on Saturday. Nobody's going to be hurt. They're going to be ready to play. Our guys got to be ready to go. They're going to, they're gonna, uh, you know, they're, this is going to be their Super Bowl. And it's got to be our Super Bowl as well. So, um, we need we we need the fans support men and women. It's so much better when the when the uh, uni- I mean sorry the Pride uh, University Center is rolling and there's a lot of students in there. All the teams are in there supporting, yelling at the other team, yelling at the officials. So I don't have to get any technicals. It makes it a lot better. Um, so come out and support us, please. I want to go back to an old anecdote that uh, if you watched a lot of 
old New Orleans Hornets games before they changed their name. Gil McGregor used to call it the basketball the pill. Anytime you had the pill in your hands, you seemed to get better, no matter what was ailing you. I'm sure that's something that you've seen over your years of, of basketball as well. Yeah. They, they just all of a sudden get better, right, as things start to ramp up. Right, no question, no question. And, and you're you're at that time of the year where the players want to be playing because the games mean so much more because everybody wants to make that field of 68 and yeah. get into get into March. Yeah, Madness. at the end of the day, our league is just like 75% of the other conferences. Only one team's going. You know, you, we're not in a power. We're not in the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, or we get multiple leagues. This is a one big league, just like Conference USA, the Sun Belt, um, all these other million other leagues. And <clears throat> you want to get to that conference tournament. You want to finish a great regular season. But at the, end of the day, at the end of the day, when you get in the conference tournament, everybody's zero and zero. Now, our deal is a little different. Some people play less games than others. But ultimately, you got to line up against the other team, and it's win or go home. And if you win, just keep winning. You got a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. It doesn't matter if you're 21 and 3 or 9 and 17. If you get in the conference tournament, you're back. You're, you're, you're zero and zero, and a new season starts. And of course, the the I, uh, the goal is always that field of 68 when getting your name called to to be in the NCAA tournament. So, Coach, uh, thank you for joining us again this evening, and we want to say congratulations to the spring sports that have all started up. A big weekend this weekend in Hammond. The baseball team went two and one against Tarleton, and then softball team had a big weekend as well at home. Unfortunately, took a, a loss this evening against South Alabama, but. Eight and two start for the softball team as well. Very good starts all over and very good records right now all over. A lot of success in Hammond for all the Lions programs that are starting up at the moment. So we want to congratulate all the teams as they have started that have started in starting out very successful seasons. So for, Co for Coach Ayla Gazzarda, we thank you for joining us here this evening. Coach David Kiefer, thank you for joining us. For Damon Sunday helping out here and for Jaleel and Jude back in the studio running things on the control room. I'm Richard Tiverwell. Thank you for listening tonight to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Broadcasts on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network are a product of Lion Sport Properties. For more information on how you can support future broadcasts, contact Lion Sport Properties at area code 985-549-2570. We're your Lion Nation station, KSLU Hammond, America.